This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty. There's no way any Met fan thought this team was going to be under 500 on August 1st. And that's where they're headed. Under 500 on August 1st. A 101 win team the, the last year. Under 500 on the trade deadline day. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. Once again, you know me. I'm leaning towards hanging in. I'm leaning. I would make my decision on August 1st as to whether I think I'm, I'm done. That I'm, my, playoff hope, my playoff hopes are gone. Or I'm still hanging on by a thread. And you see them hit like they did last night. That's all I got for you. Question about this Met team. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Pat O'Keefe at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. Take you along the way, have a recap of the Met game. Ugh. Which is, um, Mets are trailing one nothing. Battling against Josiah Gray in the bottom of the sixth. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right now? John's in the car. Hey, John, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's up, Larry? How you doing? I'm doing good, John. What's going on, my friend? Nothing much. I just wanted to do, uh, you know, touch on what that uh, caller before was saying about, you know, the Sean Payton comments and Sal mm-hmm. responding to it. I don't really have a problem at all with Salah said. I think what he said was pretty good. Uh, and he really could have went further than what he said, but he kept his composure. I think he said it perfectly. And I don't really understand what he said about Woody Johnson wanting to fire Salah to that last season. I, I, was that true? I don't think that was that ever happened. Well, there was some conversation. Uh, there was some talk, some rumors that that was a possibility because of the way the team, um, and thanks for the phone call, John, about the way the team ended. Uh, yeah, I know it was the quarterback situation, obviously, uh, that, that that didn't help them out at all. But there was some conversation because of the fact that it, it was, uh, listen, it was this was a team that was 7-4. and four, And they lose their last six. And there were rumors of possible, you know, situations where the folks were unhappy. Now, as it turned out, those rumors weren't true because he – you know, he's still here. But, um, you know, there was some conversation about the fact that, uh, you know, things got to improve. How could you, you know, how could you not uh, win one game? And, of course, the other situation was <laughs> not making the playoffs again. Right? That's the other problem. Not making the playoffs again. So those were the issues, and that's why the rumors came out. Mark is in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, Brother Larry? Hey, Mark, what's happening in Newark, my friend? <laughs> the heat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's all over, Mark. That up <laughs> you're right. Re- real easy, the heat. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, you, I, I can tell you feel me on that one. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Larry. So I sent you a tweet that I, I want to expound upon. Okay. Uh, first, I want to say Dalvin Cook is in the building. So enough said with that. Yes. Uh, anything, any any words after that, uh, to me, make no sense. Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook is in the building. Yeah. Uh, figure it out. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> on my on my tweet, uh, I, I I said newsflash that uh, you know, three and outs are turnovers. Mm-hmm. And 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 I didn't say that facetiously. 
So I wanted to take you back a little bit. Remember when Roger Staubach would come on the field in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, and they would say, don't give Staubach the ball with two minutes. He's the, he, he, I think he's the one who really kind of put the stamp on the two-minute drill, no? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. 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 Okay, so then as the years went by, right, that became a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Then advance it up to Rodgers and Brady and Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Don't give them the ball with two minutes left. You're going to lose. Yeah. And more yeah. often than not, all three of them made you lose. Yep. So my thing with Aaron is this, and, and with my point about three and outs being turnovers, you know, I've been hearing all the haters, oh, man, the Jets got to get more turnovers. They got to get more. Well, the, the one-bounce turnovers or the interceptions, yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, they're not, I would say they're at best 70%, and that's probably being nice, in your control on a bang-bang mm-hmm. play if it's right. going to be a turnover that way. But, but the ones that are in your control are three and out because at the end of the day, you're giving the other team the ball. Right. And the words are, don't give Aaron Rodgers the ball. Well, mm-hmm. I can I can see it. I can envision the turnovers, those three and out turnovers, being a lot more lethal for us and and, and a lot more uh, uh, crushing for them every time when they get on the field and they three and out and punt or 20 yards in a cloud of dust and they're giving Aaron Rodgers the ball back. Uh, I can see that being a recipe for success just as much as a fumble or a pick. That's just me. I hear you. I hear you, Mark. And you're not wrong. Thanks for the phone call. You're not wrong. That That is an opportunity for you to get some points on the board. I'm just, I just know that when you talk to defenses and when you look at those top defenses in the league, and you're right, three and outs are like a turnover. But I think it's more of the thought process of, man, Here's an opportunity for us where we want to change momentum or we want to get off the field or we want to do something where we can just, you know, get make a play, right? That's what we're trying to make a play. That's all we're trying to do, make a play here. And so for them, that's that's what you're you're thinking about is, okay, here's the opportunity for us to um, stop a drive, okay? All right, it's 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 more of the driving, and we want to get them off the field, and so that's where we're looking for on that turnover. And even the players say that, and that's their goal. And you understand defenses strive for that. Defenses love the opportunity, love to brag to say we can turn you over. And listen, the offense can help this jet defense do that. Okay, and. If the offense is as productive as we think they could be, whereas the offensive line plays well and they're healthy, def- they, you know you're passing the ball well, you're running the ball well. Okay, you have you're scoring in the red zone, you're effective in the red zone. Well, now you're putting points on the board. Well, you're kind of almost making the off the opposition offense one dimensional, right? So that's how you can get turnovers that way. So your offense can help your defense get turnovers. You know, that's and so that's another way to get them. But listen, 
when you when you pride yourself on being a really strong defense, okay, you brag about two things. Obviously, three and outs and getting off the field on third down, of course. But the other thing you brag about, turning the ball over and sacking the quarterback. And also, stopping the run. Nothing makes a defense crow, brag, talk smack, than being really good at those three things. We'll continue the conversation on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know, I wouldn't rule anything out, but we're kind of taking it day by day and huddling up at the end of the day and seeing what what the next steps are. But right now it's seeing how we came out of today and, and how that went and where we're at and if we need to keep doing more. That was Aaron Boone, manager of the New York Yankees, yesterday on whether Aaron Judge will play in Baltimore beginning tomorrow night. It's hard to see for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. Pat O'Keefe at the top of the hour on 98.7. And so for the Yankee fans, I want to ask you, does it matter to you if Judge plays in the outfield whenever he comes back or if he plays just the DH? Does it matter to you? Are you concerned? Whether he which he which position he plays, does it bother you? Do you think well, you know what? If he's DHing, then oh my God, that means Stanton's still in the outfield. <laughs> or does that mean well maybe he's not really healthy? So which one does that mean? So obviously I know you want him in the lineup. You don't care where he's playing. You know he he could be anywhere. You just want to make sure that he's back in that lineup. I get it. But where would you rather him? Would you rather him be in the outfield or would you rather him be in the D8's position? I'm curious. 1-800-919-3776. You can also feel free to weigh in on our poll on X, formerly Twitter. Which one of these players have a realistic chance to land on the Yankees? You can go on the poll and there's uh, four choices there. So we'll want to get your thoughts about that as well. Uh, so since Aaron Boone wouldn't commit to whether Judge was going to definitely play in Baltimore, the question was, will he be with you in Baltimore? I don't know yet. He came back here. He's back in New York, and we'll kind of see where we're at tomorrow. Is it just checking on him to make sure he's healthy? Or is there- yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to run through a workout uh, or if you know rehab stuff's on the table. I don't know that yet. When I talk to him and get with the trainers, we'll kind of come up with a plan. All right, so now this is a big stretch, and we've talked about it over and over. We all on the station have mentioned it. This is a really important stretch for this Yankee team. It begins tomorrow night in Baltimore. So, Aaron Boone, what's your message to the team heading into a stretch right before the trade deadline? Let's go, baby. They know that. We understand where we're at. You know, we're getting down to the final couple months. We understand how important these games are and how important these series are. It's also the fun part of it. And what does that translate into? Right. Let's go, baby. I mean, I hear him. But realistically, when you look at the lineup, what can they do? Let's go, baby. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I got it. Where are you going? (laughs) 
this 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 trade deadline I, I'm telling you just as an outside observer I'm just I'm really curious as to what this team does at the deadline I just am I'm really curious I want to see how in that Cashman is on what he thinks about what this team can do and what what the he what he feels the team needs I'm I'm really curious about who they get and who they're going to give up. Now, once again, for me, I believe that it's something that has to be done where you're not only looking at this year, but if possible, you're doing something that can help you next year too. Now, based on the information that we had from Brendan Cuddy in his article uh, where he indicated that they weren't ready to give up two of their prized prospects, Dominguez and uh, oh, I can't think of the other one. Um, thank you, Pereira. Um, if they, if that's what they're, if they're not going to give them up, then I don't know how realistic the, how realistic the piece that you're adding, the player you're going to add, how dominant are they going to be? How helpful are they going to be? How good are they going to be? That's the, that's the question. I mean, you got to give to get. We all know that. You got to give to get. And if you're not willing to give up your top prospects, and listen, it would be... he. It wouldn't be anything new because he didn't want to give him up last year either. That's how you ended up with Frankie Montas. <laughs> sorry. I didn't laugh. I'm sorry. Bad host. Bad host. That's how, you ended up with, that's how you ended up with Frankie Montas last year because he didn't want to give up the prime guys to see. And I, here's where I stand on that. I know that the prospects are promising I know that you see them and you, you you project them to be really good. And I know that teams get burned all the time by giving up on the player too soon. Or we, we didn't, we weren't patient enough with this guy. He turned out to be great and he went to another team and now he's wearing us out. He's a, he's, he's a great player, but honestly, honestly, can we be realistic? How many times does it really happen? that a really, really great prospect turns out to be a really, really, really great pro. How many times does it happen? Is it regularly that you trade a prospect that goes to another team and just becomes unbelievable? Is an all-world player? So most prospects aren't as great as they are in the minors when they get to the majors. It's a huge jump. Now, the position, it, it changes by position, clearly. But, I mean, for example, Volpe could be real. Volpe may be really, really, really good. Really good. I mean, do you, do you look at him right now that he's been playing? 
Do you look at him? Do you feel the same way about Volpe now that you did when he was in the minors? And I know it's unfair. I know it's his first campaign. I know he hasn't produced. It's really a question that you should have three, four years down the line. But I'm just, just, I'm just curious. When you look at him now, is he what you thought he was going to be based on what you heard about him in the minors? Now, on the other side of that, Francisco Alvarez is kind of what we thought he was going to be in the minors, right? He's been that guy. If anything, from a defensive standpoint, he's been a little better. Now, we'll see when Vientos, if he has much more time here in the majors, but early, you know, will his bat keep him in the majors when we can't find the position for him? Because clearly third base is not it. He struggled there. He has struggled there every time they put him there. And I'm sure he played third base in the minors. Otherwise, they would, they're not experimenting with him at third base in the pros <laughs> on a team that's, quote, trying, unquote, to make a playoff run. So prospects, you just never know. That's why, for me, for me, if you're telling me I got to give up prospects for Juan Soto, he's gone. <laughs> They're gone. Because I've seen what Juan Soto is, and he's still young. See, that's the other thing. He's not 30. He's not 28. He's still young. So, yeah, I'll do that. And, yes, then what does that mean? Okay, then I got to make some other trades to try to build up my farm system again. That's a really good problem to have when I got Juan Soto in the outfield and I'm going to make it a priority to sign him so I can have him in the outfield for the next decade. The next decade. And I'll find some prospects to get that will come up and help my team in the next 10 years. If I can't do that, then I got a real problem with my farm system. And I need to really, I need to get rid of my scouting crew. <laughs> and they need to go like right away, right away. So, I mean, unless you're going to tell me that this is a sure, these are surefire prospects that you really know, you know that they're going to be great. I mean, listen, I'm not saying he's at that level, but what about Floreal? He was a big-time prospect. People are not going to give up Esteban Floreal. No, 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 no. Can't make it to the majors. He comes up, he goes down. Comes up, he goes down. Comes up, he struggles, goes down and hit. Comes up, and struggle, goes down and hit. And really, right now, I mean, come on, let's be honest, Yankee fans. You mean he can't play left field on this team? When you got IKF in left? I mean, he's not, he can't be that bad at the pro level. That he can't crack left field. You can't say for two weeks, we're going to play him in left field every single day. You can't say that. You'd rather put IKF in left? And he's done a nice job. Listen, no knock against him, but he's, a, he's an infielder. He's not a left fielder. He's even played center. 
It's not his job. It's not his role. But once again, give him credit. He's done a great job. But that's what I'm talking about prospects. You got to be really sure. Really sure that when you hold on to them, they're going to be what you project them to be. Especially when you can put some together and get an established player that you know will make a difference on your team. We'll take your phone calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Go, 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 go. go. for Grosser on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, Pat O'Keefe will sing at the top of the hour as well on 98.7. Pat's like, oh, no, I won't. 1-800-919-3776. RV Joe, can you believe this? The Mets are being shut out by Washington one nothing. It's the eighth inning. One nothing. They have three hits, Larry. Three. Are we sure Max Scherzer is on the right team for this one? Oh, man. And they've, and they've got two hit batters, so they got five base runners, th- three hits, and two got hit. Nothing. Them scored. Washington, who's not thinking about the, the season's over. They're not selling or buying. They're existing. I think SNY put up the graphic on their bullpen that they're essentially the, the worst in the majors. Not tonight. Not yet. 43 and 59. 16 games under 500. We suck. It's not good. Not good. Tony's in the car. What's up, Tony? Harry, what's going on, my friend? I think the only reason why they don't talk about the Yankees more is because you were just talking about how bad the Mets are. But I will say this much. Mm-hmm. Cashman is the Russell Westbrook of the Major League Baseball League. He oh, will get you through regular season, but when it comes down <laughs> to the playoffs and getting the World Series, we have not had anything since the stadium was opened in 2009. He must go. Period. Thanks. All right, Tony. Tony, you're not going anywhere. Next question. You're not going anywhere, Tony. I hate to tell you. (laughs) He's going to be right there. He'll be right there next year and the year after that. Four-year deal, right? And the year after that. And the year after that. He'll be right there. Now, here's what you're hoping. You're hoping that at least he's learned and they will make the adjustment going forward. That whatever the thought process was, whatever the plans were for building a team, it has not worked out the way they thought. And so now what you have to do is slot players around guys that you really can't move. You can't move Stanton. You can't move DJ. Right? And you you got and you can't move Rizzo. So for right now, you those guys 
you're you have to deal with. But what can you do to build around those guys where maybe you can help them out, right? By getting a couple players that can be contact guys or speed guys or something of that nature. Because the even though we went through that phase of it's exit V-Law and launch angle and wow, that ball is gone and it's home run derby every game. Okay, very, very smoothly, what baseball did was they made the bases bigger, shortened the distance between because the bags are bigger, made it so, you know, increased the running game, got rid of the overshifts that you used to have. And they're trying to make it, you know, advantageous to be a contact person, not just a home run person. Okay? So now you may have to make an adjustment. And so I think for me, that's what they have to do going forward. All right. How do you make this lineup more productive? How do you make it deeper? How do you make it more productive? What are some of the players you can use? Can you bring up some of your young players and and put them in there? Will Volpe get better through this experience? Okay. You know the old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You'll find out a lot about this kid. You'll find out a lot about the kids that you've brought up. But now, how do you make this lineup better? How do you make it where you surround guys, where you you kind of hide Stanton, right? You kind of hide DJ. All right? You kind of hide Rizzo. Where you're not so dependent on them, but they just produce at their own weight. Because, I mean... when you look at, at LeMahieu, I don't, I don't know. Is he ever going to be the way he was? I mean, he doesn't. Okay, let's say his 300 hitting days are done. Can he be a 280 hitter? With, what, 20 home run, 75, 80 runs batted in? Could you get that? I mean, you take that. You take that right now. You take, you take those numbers at 260. Same thing with Rizzo. The power numbers, you'll take that with a lower average. You'll take it. It's the no connection, no contact that's driving you nuts. That's where you're going crazy. Because you're just they're, they're not doing anything for you. Nothing. Nothing. They become automatic outs. That's what they've done. So that's what you're looking for if you're the Yankees. What can you do at the trade deadline to start to get things going? That's the big question. It's the big question. Because right now, Kay said it best, and we've been saying it all along, and he really laid it out. You're not winning anything with this lineup the way it is, the way it's been without Judge. 
You're not winning anything. You're going nowhere. Nowhere. You're not a wild card team with that lineup. But what are you going to do to change it? What can you do to change it? It's got to be quick. You have decisions to make. You do. Because time's running short. I know we can't say it's early. It's not April and May anymore. We're in August. In a couple of days, it's August. Things have got to change. Got to. 1-800-919-3776. Also via X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. When we return, we'll take more of your phone calls and we'll check in on our X poll question about who do you think is the most likely player to join the Yankees. We'll get those thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Vogelbach. Big RBI single to tie the game. Mets, bases loaded. Let's see if they can add some runs here. See if they can add some runs. Put this one away so Pat O'Keefe can talk to some happy Met fans on the way home from City Field. So let me just say this. Well, first of all, let me pay off the tease because that's what we're supposed to do because I don't want John Winthrop to call the guys. Our, question, our poll question on X, formerly known as Twitter, which of these players are the most realistic additions to the Yankees at the deadline? Bellinger, Grychuk, Soto, or Arenado? Just under 59% of you say Bellinger. And we know that the Cubs may trade him, may not trade him. You know, we'll see. Uh, 23% for Grychuk, uh 13% for Soto, 4.5% for Arenado. All right, so, and that seems to be, you know, what a lot of folks are thinking as well. Okay, so we'll see what happens. We'll see how that poll comes out and continues. And you can feel free to weigh in on the poll even after we're off the air. And you can give Pat O'Keefe your thoughts about it as well. Now, it's just me. And I understand that because everybody calls me OG, so I understand who and what I am. But, If I were an athlete today, okay, on social media, I don't know that I would be Harvey and Joe so quick to video and send photos of what I'm doing in the offseason. I don't know that I would want everybody to know what I'm working on, what I'm doing, you know, I. I'm I'm one of those, you know, guys that just want to keep it, you know, keep it quiet. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Okay? Now, by the way, I'll get I'll finish my thought in a minute. The umpires have just called to put tarp on the field at City Field. So it's rain delay. At City Field. 
but the game tied at one. Now, according to Gary and Ron, there's uh, rain and thunderstorms in the area of City Field. And so they want to get the field covered before they come, and there'll be a slight delay. Larry, what are we doing, my friend? You telling me you can't finish this inning out? Come on. I'm telling you that when this game resumes, my biggest fear is Washington will get out of this inning. Robertson, who was up in the bullpen, will not have to get – well, they'll either bring somebody else up, put somebody else up. Well, if they tie it, you know, they'll put somebody else in or they'll do something and then they'll give up a bunch of runs and the Mets will lose this game. That's what's going on in the back. That's why I say put me out of my misery. That's what's going on. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, there's no, there's, there's no, there's no, there's, it's not raining. I mean, it's not raining. I get that it's in the area. I get it. I understand thunder and lightning, especially the, the thunder, especially the lightning, and you want to protect the players. Believe me, I understand it. I've been on the sidelines soaked at MetLife Stadium. <laughs> you know, when the, especially with lightning, because they, they clear the field. Excuse me. Nobody understands players in the field. You, we're not having that. They clear it. So I get it. I understand it. But, you know, as Harvey said, can we can we finish the inning? Can we get can we get a drop of rain to fall before we put the tarp on? <laughs> because suppose it how long are they gonna wait? And we get being proactive, right? But They can wait like 20 minutes. Nothing happens. Take the tarp off and it starts pouring. It's crazy. But anyway, Mets in the rain delay. The game's tied at one. Oh, there's lightning there. Game's tied at one. In the bottom of the eighth, Mets have the bases loaded with one out. Finally getting on the board in the eighth inning. So as I was I digress. So as I was saying, I wouldn't want everybody to know what I'm doing. There's photos in today's post of Julius Randle of your New York Knicks who's working out, showing that he's working on rebuilding his ankle. He had surgery on the ankle in the offseason, which is the one he seriously hurt before the postseason, and he was compromised. Now, many of you will say, well, it looked like the same Randall he did against Atlanta. How compromised was he? He was compromised. He was compromised. There's no question he was compromised. This was serious injury. The ankle was a serious injury for him. And he gutted it out. Give him credit. I mean, he even missed the game against Miami. But he gutted it out, gave you what he could. And so you're watching him working out and, you know, photos of him getting ready. I'm like, okay, that's great. But I, why? Harvey, why do I need to know what Randall is doing right now? New York, we here. Is he, is he working on his dribbling? Is, is he trying to improve the Randall handle? Courtesy of Alan Hahn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't need to know that he's, okay, he's working out. Great. I mean, That's what he's supposed to be doing. I'm good. I'm good. And like I said, it's probably me. I will take the hit. I just don't see the need that we need to know what's what he's doing. 
There's pictures of uh, Kevin Durant working out. It's great. Excellent. Happy to hear it. It's really good. There's news about uh, Joe Leo's favorite player, Ben Simmons of the Nets. He's ready to go, right? Right, Joe? Ben's all set. Ready to go. About another month, month and a half when we hit training camp for the, ah, here's the rain. Well, you know what? They got good timing. It's a good job out of the umps. Hey, somebody get that tarp down there. It's blowing away. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, you can't let the air get under the tarp. That's 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 a concern. <laughs> we got a problem. <laughs> Once the air gets under the tarp, we got a problem. <clears throat> oh, they're scurrying now. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, this is a problem here. You see this, guys? Oh, this is not good. There we go. We're getting it down. We're getting it down. We're we're in better shape now. Joe, you happy with that report about uh, Ben Simmons? Ready to go for the Nets, isn't he? He's not even clear for five on five yet, Larry. Can we just make it stop? I don't want to hear any more Ben Simmons updates. As far as I'm concerned, he's not even on the team anymore. (laughs) This is what happens in postseason. This is what happens in between seasons because we're dying for information about our basketball teams because the baseball teams are bad. And so we're waiting. We're waiting for football. You know, we're, we're, we are training camped out for a day. So we want to see what's going on with our local basketball teams. And so when we get video and pictures of Julius Randle working out, trying to, you know, rehab his ankle, which is great to see. I wouldn't do it, but, you know, it's great. Doing a nice thing for the fans. This way we know he's really working. Kevin Durant working out. See, here's what I want to know. This is what I want to know. I don't want to know what Julius Randle is doing with his ankle. I want to know what Leon Rose and William Wesley are doing to add players on this team. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. What are they doing? Are they going to add some people? Will there be any more moves made? That's all I'm curious about. Are they working? (laughs) To get me some other players. So Pat O'Keefe and Dan Grasa can smile when they do these interviews pregame and halftime and postgame. You know, like they did this year. They were smiling because we got to the second round and, and won, you know, now we got to win the second round. We got to the second round two years in a row, two years, almost in a row. Now we got to win. So that's what I want to see. What all this, what, you know, questions like this, Harvey, Joe, why is Evan Fournier still here? Can we find somebody to, to send him to? It's clear we we don't want him. Otherwise, we would have used him. We don't want him. It doesn't seem like he wants to be here either. Oh, no. The French article told us very clearly he does not want to be here anymore. doesn't. It's clear. And I get it. When you sit on the bench the whole half season, and even in the playoffs, when your team couldn't buy a basket from three-point range and you were brought here as a three-point shooter and you don't get to play – I wouldn't want to be here either. I had a a terrible stake. I wouldn't want to be here either. Players have pride. 
You mean to tell me I'm 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 not good enough to play on a team that can't hit the three with the broadside of a barn? <laughs> and I'm not playing? No, I don't want to be here either. So I get why he feels that way. I understand. But, you know, you traded Obi Toppin. Excuse me. And I know you signed a couple of two-way players and whatnot. Who's coming in when Randall goes to the bench? Is it Josh Hart? DiVincenzo? Is he coming in? Who's going to play? Who's going to play the backup to Randall at the four? That's what I'm concerned about. So what's happening with that? These are the things I these are the things I ponder. You know, this is what I want to know. When I'm struggling because my Mets finally get a, a run against a Washington Nationals team whose bullpen is probably among the worst in baseball. And now it's pouring rain. Uh, hats off to the grounds crew. Somebody made a mistake, and then they all had to sit out there in the pouring rain until they got the air from under that tarp. That is a thankless job. Man, that is a thankless job. I mean, it is pouring out there. And, this, and that thing is getting wet. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to get that off the tarp. Get that tarp, that wet tarp off the field. It's going to be fun. That wraps up this edition of the Dan Grasso Show. Larry Harstein and for Dan, we thank you for joining us. Joe Harvey, thank you very much. I will see you Sunday afternoon at noon for our usual Sunday show. Up next, Pat O'Keefe. Line him up. 1-800-919-3776. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Get the artillery. Get the dogs.